want to talk to you guys uh, just for a few minutes today um, on something that we kind of touched on real briefly last week. And if you weren't here last week, I'll, I'll try to catch you up to speed. You'll, you'll catch on pretty quick. Um, but I want to kind of preface what we're going to talk about today with a couple of things. Um, first, and, first and foremost, I am going into my fifth year of ministry, fifth year of full-time ministry. So I've been preaching full-time for uh, a little over four years at this point. And I've never preached, I have never taught, I have never spoken on this particular subject. It's not a comfortable subject for me to talk about for a number of reasons. Primarily, it has the, uh, it has the capacity or it has the potential uh, to set the pastor up and or, and or set the church up for criticism. And, and in all honesty, it's just not a subject that I want to talk about. It's not a subject that I, that I, that I enjoy address, addressing. That's why probably why I've avoided it for so doggone long. Um, however, at the same time, y'all who attend Bemis know that I'm not afraid to uh, talk about the difficult subjects. And sometimes that happens. You know, God didn't place me in the pulpit, so I could only talk about stuff that makes me comfortable and uh, stuff that's easy to, to discuss. And there are times when God calls us to do things that um, we may not necessarily want to do. And uh, actually, that probably happens. That actually happens very, very often. Um, but nonetheless, that, that's, that's kind of my preface to this. And if you happen to be a guest here today, this message or this talk, this speech, whatever you want to call it, this, I don't even think it's a sermon. It is not for you. So you guys can sit back and y'all can relax and y'all can, y'all can uh, enjoy the abuse that my congregation is about to take. Um, but if you recall, uh, last week we talked about... Um, what I refer to as the way, the way of the cross, or living the way of the cross, which was, which was based on Jesus' statement in Luke 9, 23, that whoever wants to be his disciples uh, must take up their cross daily, uh, deny themselves, and follow him. We talked about a lot of ways that we do that, or a lot of ways that we can do that. Um, we talked about what that looks like. What does it look like to deny myself? Uh, daily to take up my cross as Jesus took up his cross to follow him um, so we hit on we hit on a number of things and uh, one of the things that we talked about very briefly which is going to be our subject for today for the next few minutes was this idea about reorienting our priorities reorienting our priorities particularly and here's here's where everybody's going to start blushing particularly though in regard to how we steward our resources Reorienting our priorities in regard to how we steward our resources, those resources which have been given to us first and foremost by God. And that's something we always have to keep in mind. We talked about the dangers of consumerism. We talked about the dangers of materialism. I shared with you guys the, the, the sad, sad fact that uh, when it comes to giving, Christians in the United States are not that much different than non-Christians. Both groups pretty much equally equally between the two groups give about 2.2% of their income to the church or to some other kind of charitable cause. Uh, I can't speak to non-Christians, but for Christians, I can tell you this presents some, some major problems for us. This presents some major problems. One, one of them being is, is, is just the simple fact that we have preached and, and we have taught and we have understood this biblical principle of tithing, the idea of giving 10% of our income to serve God's kingdom. We've, been, we've talked about since forever. This is Old Testament stuff. This is thousands of years stuff that the church uh, has been preaching and teaching about. It's a, it's, it's a standard biblical principle for us. So that's, that, that kind of presents a problem when we're, not, when we're not engaging in this. It's also a problem because of the countless verses in Scripture that both encourage us to give 
and discourage us from prioritizing material wealth over our devotion to Christ and others. And finally, it's a problem because this is one of the most obvious areas in the lives of American Christians where we don't look and we don't live much different from the rest of the world, the rest of the culture that surrounds us. We like to gripe about the, the culture a lot, but we don't look a whole lot different than the culture in this regard. Um, now, y'all can take a look at the scripture for today in your bulletin. The whole thing's printed out. I'm not, I'm not going to cover the entire scripture, uh, but I do want to encourage you to read through it and kind of get acquainted with it. Again, it's in your bulletin. Um, some of y'all have heard this story many, many times. Some of you, it may be completely new to you. But this particular story out of Matthew 22 has been used. I've, I've heard it used to teach on uh, numerous, numerous, numerous subjects and numerous topics. But... Um, for our purposes today, what I want to do is I want to draw your attention to just a few words that come at the very end of that story. Just to remind you, or if you've never heard this before, just to give you kind of a basic idea what's happening here in these, in these few verses that you're reading there or taking a look at in your bulletin, is uh, there were some people who were trying to trip Jesus up. They were trying to back Jesus into a corner. They were trying to trick him into setting himself up for some criticism. Uh, so they basically ask him this question. They say, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar? Is it, is it right for us as, as, as God's people to pay taxes to Caesar, which would, which would have been the Roman government? Well, the problem is if Jesus answered one way, he would have been accused of being unfaithful to God. If he would have answered another way, he would have been accused of being unfaithful to, to the government. So long story short, his reply there at the end of this story is this, and you can see it right there in verse uh, 21, and I got it underlined, highlighted, italicized, all that for you. This was Jesus' response to this question. Give back to Caesars what is Caesars, and to God what is God's. Give back to Caesar what is Caesars, and give back to God what is God's. Of course, that's the word of God for the people of God. It's those words right there at the end that I want you guys to focus on for our purposes today. Give back to God what is God's. That's one thing. I, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon preached on that last line there before. And again, I've heard, all, I've, I've heard, I've heard sermon after sermon on this, that this has to do with taxes, and maybe it does, I don't know. Uh, but I've never heard a sermon preached on this one, little, this one little portion here. Give back to Caesar what Caesar, but also give back to God what is God's. Right there at the end, that's what I want you to focus on for today. Church, our resources are not our resources. Our resources are not our resources. They are God's resources, and they've always been God's resources. That's why Jesus uses that terminology there, that word, give, that word back, where he says give back to God what was already God's in the first place. So let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk about this idea of tithing. Let's talk about this idea of giving. Maybe you're familiar with that word, or maybe it's just one of those weird churchy words that you've never really understood. You know, what, what exactly is tithing? Well, basically, in Old Testament terms, tithe is the biblical standard of giving one-tenth of one's annual income to support the ministry and the mission of the church. That word tithe literally means tenth. And there's numerous scriptures in the Old Testament. You find them in Leviticus, you find them in Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, Second Chronicles, that, that tell us of the purpose of tithing. 
And uh, that it, it is to teach us, for one thing. It's not just about giving up your money, but it's to teach us, number one, that our resources are God's and God's in the first place. And it also reminds us to put God first in our lives. What's more important to us? Reorienting our priorities. We can go back to last week about reorienting our priorities. Tithing is a habit, and it becomes a spiritual discipline. This is one of those spiritual disciplines we don't talk about a whole lot. You know, we talk about prayer, we talk about scripture study, we talk about meditation, silence, solitude, getting together for worship, uh, receiving Holy Communion, those types of spiritual practices. But tithing is a spiritual practice as well. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, actually didn't talk a whole lot about the concept of tithing per se, but he did talk a whole lot about giving. And I'm not going to talk, give, give, give you a lot of detail on that this week, just for, for time purposes. Um, but I, maybe I'll share some of that stuff with you next week. He was pretty, he was very adamant about this idea, this idea of giving, although he never, he didn't, he, he, maybe he didn't like that word tithe, I don't know. Uh, but the concept of giving away your resources was, was a big one to him. Anyway, it's a habit. It's a spiritual discipline. It, it, it encourages us to focus on God. Now get this. It encourages us to focus on God as the source of our strength and not ourselves. Not our achievements, not our financial assets. God is the source of our strength. Ultimately, that's going to lead to spiritual growth. Just like any other spiritual practice that you put into practice, any other spiritual discipline you put into practice, it's going to lead to spiritual growth. Tithing and giving are both, you've heard this word a couple times already, but tithing, giving, whatever you want to call it, both are part of our biblical call to this idea of stewardship, taking care of the things that God has provided for us. And that can pertain to a lot of areas in our lives. But here's the thing, as followers of Jesus, we understand that everything that has given to us has been given to us by God and God alone. Our time, our health, our relationships, our property, everything is a gift from God. And we are only stewards of that. So stewardship is basically being responsible for overseeing, for taking care, and for sharing these gifts that God has given to us. A Christian steward manages God's gifts in a way that both honor God and blesses others. And it enables the church carry out its missions and its ministries in the name of Christ our Lord. And here's one more thing that I learned. I love learning, man. I'm always learning. I mentioned that I learned from Lorelai and Alex this morning. You're never too smart. You're never too wise. You're never too old to learn from people. Younger people, older people, always have an open mind and open heart to learn. But anyway, I digress. This was something that I learned several years ago, and it made, it made an, an incredible impact on, on my life and my family's life, Sandy's life, Parker's life, our life, our life as a family. Understand this, God, when it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing, God does not want our leftovers. He wants our best. Scripture refers to this as the first fruits of God's blessings. That's, that's, that, again, that comes from the Old Testament. First fruits, in other words, the first bit of income I get belongs to God. Not the leftovers. God doesn't want our junk. He wants the best from us. And then Scripture speaks to that. Our offerings to God should be the first portion that we set aside and not what remains. You know, when me and Sandy started tithing, started giving, we, 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 didn't, we didn't initially start tithing this whole 10% thing. We initially started giving. We would, that's exactly what we would do. 
well, I've got, to, I've got to pay this bill, I've got, I've got this coming up, this, 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 and whatever's left over, I can give a little bit to God, right? And we thought we were doing good, you know, we're giving the church a little bit of money, you know, we're, we're, we're hanging in there, that kind of thing. And it wasn't until I heard or I sat through a Sunday school, this was not that long ago, folks, and I'm a preacher. This is probably four, years, four or five years ago. We sat through a Sunday school lesson on this idea of first fruits. And again, it's the idea that God does not want our leftovers. God doesn't, God doesn't want the gleanings from the field, Tony. God wants the good crop. He wants the good stuff, right? Now, this is, this is, a, this is a step out in trust. This, is, this takes a big, a big leap of faith, right, to give, to give God your initial 10% or, or you know, a good portion of our income. But it just made sense to me when I sat through that Sunday school lesson. And, 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 and you know, I said, you know what, baby, he's absolutely right. That, they're absolutely right about this. Given, what, given my junk that's left over, my few cents that's left over, is not honoring God whatsoever. And it's certainly not showing any kind of faith whatsoever. So we made that decision that we were going to start giving. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what's un, what, what has unfolded in my life. We made a conscious decision. We're going to start giving God our first 10% or whatever. So as soon as, first, soon as Sandy gets her check, as soon as that check gets deposited, do, 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 Beamish United Methodist Church. First check that gets written. As soon as you guys pay my paycheck, and thank you for doing so. First check that gets written. Actually, we pay it online, but regardless, you get the idea. It's the first one that goes out. It's the first bill that gets paid. And we, you know, I, I, I'm not one of these. I, I'm certainly not going to tell you, the Lord God's going to shower you with blessings beyond your belief <laughs> if, if you sow these seeds and everything. Um, yeah, there's plenty of televangelists who will tell you that. I can, I can tell you this, and this is my life. This is the way this has unfolded for us. We have not wanted for anything. In the first several years of our marriage, we struggled. And I mean, we, we struggled like crazy. Uh, just to pay bills, to get by. Um, Y'all uh, wouldn't even believe some of the stories I, I could tell you about the first years of our marriage. When we started doing this, I can honestly say in all sincerity and all, all honesty that stuff changed. As soon as we started giving that first bit to God, all that other stuff just kind of got taken care of. We have never, you tell me if I'm wrong, Sandy, you tell me if I'm lying, I don't remember any time within the last four to five years that we have ever gotten a bill that we couldn't pay. Now, y'all call that what it is, you know, and I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but it happened with us. And it was happened after we made that conscious decision to start giving God our, our first fruits, giving back to him what was already his in the first place. And I understand, I know, I get it. That's an extremely hard thing for us to think about, um, giving money to the church in the first place, much less giving a, a good portion of our actual income to the church. The thought, excuse me, the thought of taking 10% of our income, designating it to God can be scary. It, ca it can cause all kind of fear, all kinds of anxiety, stuff I just talked about. Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to maintain my lifestyle? That one I've got a big problem with, folks. Am I going to be able to maintain my lifestyle? So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm encouraging you to do. If you're not giving, if, you're, if, if this has kind of touched you in some way and it kind of makes sense to you, like it started to make sense to me those years ago, I would encourage you, if you're not already tithing, if you're not already giving to God's kingdom and you're not real sure about it, just start small. Start small. You know, if you can't give 10% or if you don't think that you can give 10%, try giving just 1% of your annual income to God. That's 10 cents on every dollar. 
10 cents on every dollar. That's not, that's not a whole lot of money, folks. If you don't feel like you can make that giant leap of faith, start small. Give, 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 that, give, give 1% and start praying. Prayer is always the first place that we start. Whenever we take any action, before we make any kind of decision whatsoever, start praying about this. Start praying about what God wants you to give as far as your resources go. And again, your resources don't just include your money. They also include your time and a lot of other things. How does God want me to utilize the resources that he has blessed me with and continues to bless me in in the end? And don't get caught up on this 10% thing, by the way. Um, if that's hard for you, if that's a hard pill for you to swallow, that if this this concept of giving ten percent um, overwhelms you, don't let it do that. Don't let it discourage you. In the end, it's not so much about the rules. It's not so much about a set figure. It's about giving sacrificially, and it's about giving with a willing heart and a willing spirit. It's it's about giving because we want to give. Now that may seem very very strange. But it's about giving because we want to give. We give as a response to God's love and God's grace for us. We give as a response to the resources that he has so generously poured out on us and over us. I don't know anybody in this, and I don't know everybody personally, but I know 99.9% of you. I don't know anybody today that's leaving here without a home or a vehicle. We're blessed, folks. We're blessed. We are more wealthy than the vast majority of the rest of the world. We are blessed. We give because we want to give. We recognize these resources are God's in the first place. As, as I said in the beginning, you know, it's about reorienting our, our, our ideals, reorienting our values, reorienting our desires, uh, evaluating the things that are essential to us and those things that we might be squandering our resources on in lieu of supporting God's kingdom. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I don't ever want to make anybody feel guilty. I do want you to think about your, your life and your walk with God and your spiritual life and uh, just the same as I, as I expect of myself. Where am I wasting money? Where am I putting other things ahead of the importance of God when it comes to giving to God and to give, giving to God's kingdom? What becomes more important to me? Am I squandering my resources on junk that I don't need in lieu of supporting God's kingdom. Let me break that down for you. Am I buying the latest iPhone for a couple thousand dollars or am I giving a couple thousand dollars to God's kingdom? I ain't telling you to go buy an iPhone. I'm giving you examples of stuff that we may, we may want to think about. And let me, let me conclude with this. Let me, let, just, just so there's no criticism. I don't want y'all walking out here talking ugly about me. I don't know what anybody in this church gives to this church, and I can say that in all 100% honesty. I believe that Paulette and I have had this conversation before. I know that Evla, our, our church administrator, and I have had this conversation. I do not know who gives anything or who doesn't give anything to this church. I've never asked, and I don't want to know. I don't think that that is my role. I don't want anybody to ever have any excuse whatsoever to say that I treat certain people a certain way because of what they give or because of what they fail to give. So if that, if that is even crossing your mind, if you think that I'm talking about you personally, I assure you I am not talking about you personally. I don't ever want to give any cause for anybody to say that I treat somebody differently because of what they give or what they don't give. I don't know. But what I do know is I want to see our church thrive. And I want to see our community thrive. I want to see our church grow in numbers, and I want to see our church grow in outreach, and I want to see our church grow in mission. 
and bringing people to Christ and serving God's kingdom on earth, serving God's kingdom in the Bemis community, in the Lowndes County, in the Valdosta community. Unfortunately, that requires funding. It's just the way the world works. And that's why we have these principles, I believe. Again, it's, it's, it's to support God's kingdom. It's to support the mission of the church. This is what we got to work with. So I'm going to encourage you one more time. Pray about this stuff. If you're not already doing it, pray about it more. Talk to God about it more. Think about these things. Do some deep soul searching on what, how we're utilizing our resources, where our resources are going, those types of things. Amen? Amen. Thank you.